Get unfiltered lessons from our leaders at AHF as we uncover real, raw stories of where we came from and where we are going. Join us for an unscripted look at the connections our senior leadership have to our mission, core values, and hot initiatives. AHF is the world's largest HIV AIDS service organization operating in 45 countries globally, 16 states domestically, including DC and Puerto Rico. Our mission is to provide cutting edge medicine and advocacy, regardless of ability to pay. Hello, and welcome to the After Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hogan, serving as your liaison to take you through this journey to learn more about AIDS Healthcare Foundation. First up, we're gonna get into the topic of AHF Unfiltered. Before we start the show, please make sure to remember to check out the show notes so you can follow along. Now, let's get started. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the After Hours Podcast. I have to say I have my two most favorite guests so far with me today, Miss Anita Castile and Mr. Michael Kahane. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey. Hey. Thank you, Lauren. This is great. Yes. So really quickly, let's just do some quick introductions so all of the listeners know who you guys are. So Anita, we'll start with you. Absolutely. Happy to be here. My name is Anita Castile. I am Vice President, Human Resources for AIDS Healthcare Foundation, responsible for both domestic and global. Hey, I'm Mike Kahane. I am the Southern Bureau Chief for AIDS Healthcare Foundation. So I oversee our operations in the Southern United States and also um, in the Caribbean and Latin America. He's a little modest. Um, Southern Bureau's apps, apps actually our largest bureau. So I'm going to go in and jump in. He oversees our largest bureau within the U.S. in addition to, to the Caribbean, Latin America. Thank you, Ms. Castile. <laughs> <laughs> so first question for you guys, what initially attracted you to join AHF? Anita? I'll go. Okay. So um, actually, I came from the private sector. I came from financial services. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I really wanted to be with a company that that was mission driven. And in looking at AHF, definitely believed in the mission, but also had the opportunity to expand uh, my HR knowledge in a global market. And I got to say, it's one of the best decisions I've made after after eight years now. Yeah, so uh, really the same story with me. I came from the private sector as well. Um, and uh, it was an opportunity to do something where I had the ability, um, you know, to make a difference, I thought. Um, and I didn't do that in my prior job. My prior job, my, my sole goal was to make shareholders wealthy, um, like, like you do on Wall Street. So um, it was an opportunity um, that made me feel like... Um, I could be part of an organization that's really responsible for change um, and really responsible for um, making a difference in so many people's lives across the world. So I, I've been here 14 years now, and it was the best move I could have ever done. And I got to meet Anita and Lauren. <laughs> yeah, ditto, ditto. So what's made you guys stay, HF, stay at AHF for so long? Anita, you've been here for eight years, Mike, 14 years. Why have you guys stayed within this organization for so many years? Well, okay, so I'll jump in here because you get to work at a place that makes you feel like you've done something that made a difference in someone's life every single day. Um, and, you know, those differences vary, whether it's, um, 
you know, in the big spectrum, helping uh, someone who's impacted by HIV or AIDS um, uh, live a better life or find access to better health care, or if it's, you know, responding to a natural disaster, which we do um, throughout the world, or whether it's something, you know, on a more simple level, even you know the interactions um, that we have with our fellow coworkers. There are there's nowhere else that I've ever worked where I've had as many friends as I have coworkers within the workplace, um, and that's something really special. I think in part because we all share, you know, our desire and our cause uh, to work for this mission. So we all have a, a thread that binds us together, both in our work lives, but also in our personal lives as well. And I ditto everything Mike said, but in addition, it's, it's just the diversity. I mean, you know, Mike talked about, you know, handling disasters, which there's a lot that goes on in Southern Bureau, Latin America and the Caribbean, but, you know, we're in housing, you know, we're in food insecurities. I mean, there's not a job that I have had that I can be so diverse and what I do and the people I serve. So it's um, all the affinity groups we have. It's, it's amazing, but to Mike's point, I mean, I have, I've, I've gotten the best friends since I've been here. I mean, Mike's a great example. He and I have become best friends just over working together, traveling together, talking, supporting each other, and you know, it's, it's all worth it. And, 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 and I, you made me think about this, Anita. I would also say the diversity within the workplace. Um, I've, never, I've never been blessed to work in an organization that is as diverse um, as AHF is. And it makes me feel richer and you know, more complete on a daily basis by just having the interactions that I'm able to have. So the key topic of this episode specifically is radical cooperation. So I'm going to jump into it and ask you both, in your perspectives, what does radical cooperation mean? I'm going to let Mike answer. So thank you for that, Anita. Yes. I appreciate that throw. Um, so I would say um, we all know what cooperation is, or hopefully we all know what cooperation is. Radical cooperation is taking it to the next level. Radical cooperation is being able to cooperate with people to a higher and more important level because there's trust. Um, and when you're talking about an organization like AHF, that not only is geographically as large as it is, but also like Anita was just talking about with the different business lines, has as much diversity in the operations that it does. Um, the only way that we as a team are able to make things work well is by cooperating. But when we're able to trust one another um, and we're able to take that cooperation to the next level, it makes everything um, that we do more efficient, uh, more seamless, less problematic. Um, and knowing that if there's a problem or if there's something that needs to be discussed, that you and the person or people that you're speaking with trust one another to be honest and, and, um, and know that the discussions are really designed for a solution, not for blame, not for um, uh, 
ownership or uh, really solution oriented, you can trust each other to, to have those discussions that get you to a better resolution. What would you say it is, Anita? Well, I agree with that, but I think that really um, our employees need to know that are listening in that it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you know, we've started talking about radical cooperation over a year now within the senior management ranks, and it takes time to get to the point that Mike talks about with the trust, and we're a matrix organization, so it makes it even more challenging. So it, it takes time. I think we're still trying to figure it out in some areas, although we've made straight great strides where we are today. But I don't want the employees out there to think, oh, all of a sudden one day radical cooperation came in and now it's an organization. It's taken time to get to where we are today. But when you get there, it builds so, the relationships are so much better, which makes your work life so much better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not something, it's, there's no magic wand that, that makes it happen. And I don't think there's any endpoint either. It's something that you have to continue continually um, work on. I mean, um, Anita and I are actually a great example. We didn't start out um, in the best place. Um, he loves to tell this story. I, I he loves to tell the story. story. Don't, tell the story, I, I, Mike. I tell the story. <laughs> so we didn't necessarily start out in a bad place, but because Anita's in HR and because I'm in a business line, our first interaction had to do with an HR decision that I still maintain I was right on, um, but HR. I, I think I was right. <laughs> but, um, but in the end, she was right because it was her decision that, that we all had to live with. Um, but but the, the point is, even though we had a disagreement, we learned to trust each other um, and, and eventually to love each other enough that the dis disagreements didn't matter. It's the working relationship that matters. Yeah, but I think that if we were in the place we are in today, that decision that was probably seven years ago or eight years ago, soon after I started, would have been different. Because sometimes you have to, to listen, and I don't think I listened as much back then. And sometimes you have to let your ego go and... And you have to understand, because at that time, I wasn't even sure about what the structure was. If I understood the structure, it wasn't even my place to make the decision. Yeah. You know, Mike is just, you know, a great guy that, you know, he's going to he's gonna be like, okay, we could, you know, we could go this way, we go this way, okay, I get it. But at the end of the day, what I know now, it wasn't even my place to make that decision. It was his place to make the decision. So I think, you know, we've grown to where we are. But, but I think you also hit on a really important point. This is a complex organization and no one is going to understand it overnight. It, it's really important um, you know, that people be um, onboarded appropriately and um, ask questions as they go along because the, the matrix model is difficult to understand. I don't think you and I had the same understanding of what it was at that point. We That's do right. now because we've we talked about it quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's a big organization and it's a complex organization. So as a follow-up to that, I want to ask you guys in your individual perspectives, what do you think the most uh, important element in creating and maintaining radical cooperation is? Trust. Trust. I think that Mike and I work so well together 
is because we trust each other. Like I know if he's going to bring me something, we don't always agree um, on situations within the workplace, but I trust that whatever he's bringing me is real and authentic. And I hope that he feels the same way. I mean, there's issues going on right now where, you know, we may have different perspectives. My perception may be different than his, but we have always been able to work it out and at the end of the day, look at what's best for AHF and the organization. Totally, yeah. totally agree, yeah. totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 when I, when we have an issue, like Anita said, we may not agree on what the resolution is, but we trust one another enough that we can respect where the other person is coming from and we can agree to disagree. We don't take it personally because we know whatever the ultimate decision is, is being made in the best interest of the organization. And it's tough being in HR, too, because you try to make sure you have the balance. You try to make sure, you know, the Southern Bureau is working with DOM. DOM is working with the North. The North is working with PhD. And, you know, keeping everything together. I mean, we have a HR sits here in um, the North. I'm sorry, in the South. And I know that those HR individuals here have a straight line to Mike and a dotted line to me. But but we don't even have to talk about it like that because anything I want to do, I talk to him about it, he talks to me, and we don't even have to talk about dotted straight. It's just that they report up to us and what, what what's best for them and the organization. Everybody should have a relationship like us, Mike. That would just solve it all. That would just solve it. It would solve many issues, yes. Well, one thing I will say that I think is another key term that we can add into this is transparency. You guys are very transparent individuals. You're honest, and you keep the line of communication open, which I don't think everybody has at their organization. So I think with you two incorporating that, it kind of makes AHF an even more special place because people can communicate with you guys in a transparent space. Would you agree? Yeah, but I think not everybody does because I think, and I've told this to Mike before, because he's like, oh, why didn't they just talk to me? Well, sometimes when you just have a title, okay, you have a title, you are Bureau Chief for Southern Bureau, you know, I am VP of HR. Some people look at that and be like, oh, can I really talk to Mike? Can I? Yes. Anybody listening, you guys can talk to us. You could come directly to us. But I think that sometimes just when people see you have a certain title, they think, oh, I, well, why didn't you talk to Mike about this? Oh, I didn't know I could talk to Mike about this. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can, really. You can. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a concept that I have difficulty with, in all honesty, but I, but I understand it. Um, because there are times when um, I realize that people might be intimidated or shy or apprehensive or whatever about having a conversation with me. I don't see myself that way, and and I hope others don't. But 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 certainly, I, I hope anyone listening to this understands that the entire management team of AHF is approachable, um, and and we we want to hear from you. We learn from um, from you and you guys have the frontline experiences that are important to us so please please don't ever um, feel that way but I also think that um, transparency understanding transparency is something personal I'm literally thinking to a conversation that 
Anita and I just had before coming into this room um, with some other people. And I voiced an opinion. And after the meeting, Anita said, why weren't you more transparent about that? Um, and I thought I was being transparent from the perspective I was coming from, but I can see from Anita's perspective, maybe there were other things that I should have said. So transparency isn't you know, a precise term either. We all have to work at it, but obviously the better, the more transparent we can be in a friendly, nurturing, supportive way, the better the organization will be. And I say that when, when staff are having issues with their supervisor or peer or whatever, from an HR standpoint, of course, we always wanna know about it, but there's too many times we hear about it when someone's leaving. And I, just all I would say is give us an opportunity to fix it. You know, if it's something that really needs to be fixed now, I'm not going to say 100%, you know, you bring something, it's always going to be fixed, but at least give us an opportunity because we value our employees, we value the work that's done by all of you, we know you're here for the mission and for the work that we do, so give us an opportunity um, that we can be transparent enough with us so that we have an opportunity to try to fix it. That, that's what I would ask. Um, for the employees listening. So then if we're gonna look at this from a radical cooperation lens, um, and similarly we had an episode with Andorra who gave us some advice on leadership and subordinate relationships. What advice would you guys give to listeners here today on how to approach you if they have a problem and how you guys would be receptive? Knock on my door, come on inside, call my phone number, send me a text, send me an email. I tell people all the time, I, I, I am here to assist in any way that I can. Um, and if you have a question, a comment, or a concern um, that you think I can help you with, I'm here to help. And, and, and I think I speak for the entire senior management team when I say that. So. Let us hear from you, it's important. But I would add to that, tell the whole story. If, if you're coming, don't just tell one side. Tell it all, because there, there has been time, we're being transparent here today, where you know employees will come and I will, because I, I do dig in. I dig in, I find, and then I found out there was a whole nother story over here that I did not know about. So. Whether it's good or bad, it's okay. But still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll be transparent with you, but I need you to, to, to be, you know, transparent in telling the whole story. And um, with Mike, email, text, if you're in Sunset, come by. I'm just like Mike. I think, you know, one of the things that Mike and I have in common is that when we do travel together, um, pre-pandemic that is, we're always the ones gonna hang out. We're gonna be the last ones. If we, if we go out and have a celebration with the team, we're gonna be the last ones there with you guys. We're gonna be the last ones hanging to try to talk to folks. So, you know, I, I hope you guys feel comfortable um, with that. And, and if you don't, then there's something that we need to change. Yeah. But, but, but also, um, 
If you don't, hopefully you feel that comfort with your manager um, or their manager. There's lots of people to talk to within this organization. Um, and and l l like I said, l like Anita said, um, we all want you to be transparent. We want to hear from you. Um, and we're here to help in any way that we can. So what does a matrix organization look like at AHF from your different perspectives? Anita, you're in HR. Mike, you're directly linked to a variety of business lines. So what does a matrix organization look like from your different perspectives? Well, within AHF, we have, of course, matrices, you have a dot, you know, you have different lines of supervision where you go to. The way that AHF has um, organized matrix organization is that if you're in a bureau, so if you reside in the Southern Bureau or you reside in the North, you have a solid line. Example, I have an HR person in New York. I have an HR person in Florida. The straight line is to the bureau, meaning Southern or North. The dotted line is to the discipline, the discipline being HR in LA. Same for finance, the discipline is HR. So that dotted line, I'm sorry, finance, that dotted line is to finance the corporate. Same with PhD, same with DOM. I mean, I, we, we say this over and over, it gets lost in translation somewhere, but Mike, can you elaborate on the part I left off on? Because that's kind of what I'm always explaining. No, I mean, I think you, you, you said it well. It's a complex organizational structure. Um, and um, it's not easy to define, but in its basic essence, Everyone belongs to a geography. Everybody resides somewhere. Um, and most people also belong to a business line. Um, the geography really uh, is, is the entity that decides things like day-to-day -day operations, um, like uh, uh, you know, if there are office issues, if there are operational issues, maybe even if there are staffing issues. The discipline, however, decides the specifics of that job. So in, in other words, um, if you're a doctor or if you're an HIV tester in the Southern Bureau, your geography is the Southern Bureau, which reports up to the Bureau itself. But I'm not a doctor, I don't have expertise in HIV testing, so your business line would be PhD or Department of Medicine. Um, and, and that's like, that's easy for people to understand. The gray area comes, um, you know, in, in, in the middle parts. And trust me, we're still trying to figure it out at the senior management level. Um, but, um, but we're doing our best to try to give it as much clarity as we can. Um, it's easy. It's easy also to think of like large organizations like Coca-Cola. They have you know a North American operation, and then that North American operation might be broken down into states, and that might be broken down into cities. We're very similar to that. That doesn't mean that 
the state or the city has authority to change the recipe of Coca-Cola. That always has to be the same, but they make operational decisions within those geographies. Is that clear? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. But the thing is, is that it, it makes sense because if an HR person is not have a solid line here, they, they need to be embraced by the people that they see every day that they come to work in. That that's 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 sort of like their their family there. And then they have this bigger family in LA, which is the HR people, but people this way they go to work every day. They need to feel part of that family, part of what's happening, part of the advocacy there part of what's going on every day to just stay engaged. I just think it's, I just think it's key. Sure. So another way that I, that I think about it that might maybe make sense um, is let's just take, you know, a, a location at AHF. At any given location, there might be HIV testing, there might be linkage, um, there might be a healthcare center, there might be a pharmacy. All of those things exist to bring a patient into care. Every one of those disciplines has its own professional standards and operations that they do in order to test, in order to link, in order to provide medical care, in order to dispense pharmacy medication. The bond that holds them all together is the geography because they're all doing it together at the same place. And um, if everyone just operated in a silo of their individual business line, that bond that makes it so important for the patients wouldn't exist. See, that's why I had to do this with Mike. He's so good. That just totally came to <laughs> That me. was so good, yes. And that is why I am sitting here with Mike Hayne. So we're almost at time, but I've got uh, last two questions for you. One, in you guys' perspectives, again, what do you think a overall theme at AHF is? Is it one of our core values? Is it a, you know, is it a campaign that we've run that you think is really at the core of what AHF is about? I think, I, I mean, there's so many themes yeah. at AHF, but... To me, everything. What's your favorite one? Well, it's not my favorite one. I think every. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not not my favorite one. I'm just saying, it's. I'm not saying this because it's my favorite one. I, I'm just saying it because this is making no sense. But let me start over. The thing, the common core that runs through everything is cutting edge. Everything that we do is cutting edge, whether it's providing medical care, whether it's testing, whether it's disaster response, whether it's housing, whether it's affinity groups. We do things unlike the way they are commonly done um, because we're trying to cut through red tape, we're trying to cut through barriers, we're trying to make more efficiencies. So I would say cutting edge. And I think I'm probably the sister or brother to that. I'm going to say the theme is fights for what's right. Because whether it's drug pricing, housing, making sure Haiti has what they need, um, HIV education, I mean, everything is about all of our advocacy work, fighting for what's right. So I think I would say, um, yeah, that's... That's mine right there. I'll say it's, your, it's a cousin to what you said. Maybe not a brother or sister, a cousin to what you said. Well, they, 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 they work together. Yeah. 
Exactly. So my last question for you guys is because you guys are our senior leaders and you're a part of senior leadership or senior management, what advice do you guys give to the other employees or even potential or prospective employees that want to enjoy this, uh, um, join this organization? Excuse me. You know, I, I really say the, the individuals that I see that have, um, I'm all into people enjoying what they do. So for me, coming to work, going home, coming to work, going home, if that's what you enjoy, that's fine. But I think the more you are engaged, the more you are engaged in the work that AHF does, the more that you see the vision, that you see the mission, that you know, you're not only engaged, but you know, you bring friends, family, things like that. I think that that's when you really get committed to the things that we do. That's not to say there's not gonna be bumps in the road, but we already talked about transparency. We already talked about, let's talk about that. But I think engagement is key because there's so much work that we do. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that sums it up really well. The only thing I can add to that is, um, Lauren, you said about new employees as well. I'd say get ready to make a difference because when you join this organization, no matter what role you join it in, you're going to make a difference. Well, between the two of your responses, I don't think that there's a better way to close this out. So I want to say thank you both so much for coming onto the podcast. I think your perspectives and insight are phenomenal as always, and I know our listeners will appreciate it. So, Well, I want to say one last thing. I want to thank Hans and Jen Grillo, um, Teresa for launching this, and Lauren, I want to thank you for um, volunteering to MC. Um, I think that this whole concept of podcast, being able to reach our employee base, talk to our staff through this um, is wonderful. And I want to thank Mike because I would not have done this with anyone else but Aww. you. We knew that. <laughs> so we I want to thank you all too. Thanks so much. And, and thanks everyone for, um, for listening, for being a part of this and for being a part of AHF. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please subscribe, share it with your friends, like, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Follow us on Instagram at After Hours and see you next time. <laughs>